The first animal, the one you, me, we, are all descended from. All the animals are descended from. It was the Coanoflagellate, and it swam in our sea 800 million years ago. How we know this, and what it means, is fascinating. 2.1 billion years ago, prokaryotes were floating around our ocean. Single cells with DNA flopping around their insides, no nucleus, but they did have flagellum. That's a hair-like thing that sticks out of the single cell to allow it to whip the water, usually for some kind of mobility. 200 million years later, and 1.9 billion years ago, some of these prokaryotes evolved into cyanobacteria. Some didn't. These bacteria tended to be small, circular, or thereabouts, and did things like use sunlight to convert our carbon dioxide-heavy atmosphere into an oxygen-heavy one. Then, 400 million years later, something truly remarkable happened. Episode 6. Well, not Episode 6 energy, but as covered in that ep, the eukaryote appeared. That's 1.5 billion years ago for those who are counting. Bacteria got inside the prokaryote, became symbiotic, and then more than that. And the eukaryote is one advanced single cell with massive energy potential, relative for the time. So, 700 million years later, and the first animal appeared 800 million years ago. The coanoflagellate, a single cell that has a cone-like set of microvilli around its flagellum. Each microvilli is a rod, but they're stuck together to make the cone. The flagellum whips the water and circulates nutrients to the microvilli. In the 700 million years the coanoflagellate took to arrive, it would have encountered some stable environments and some changing ones. Specialization allows energy-efficient use of stable environments, and the best way to replicate as a cell is by cell division also more broadly known as asexual reproduction. Coanoflagellate can do this. Also, when the environment changes, evolution selects for diversity and then the best fitting. And that's the opposite of specialization, because specialization the other way up means not best fitting everywhere else. The best way to reproduce for diversity is sexual reproduction. Coanoflagellate can do that too. It produces eggs and sperm. Yet remember, it's a single cell animal, so somehow it's evolved a way to have a specialised cell division rather than a full cell division. It divides a special chunk of itself off. It can do both. Now you might be wondering, how the heck do we know all this from the fossil record? Well, we don't. We know this because they're still around. Just because something else evolves doesn't mean the original thing it evolved from dies out. As long as they still have a niche, they live on. Out there in our world right now, some form a community we know as a sponge. Now don't do it, but you can blend a sponge into a liquid, pour it out, and it will just keep going, reforming. The quinoflagellates in a sponge whip their flagellum around to circulate water over their microvilli. They've evolved to connect together so they can all line up and have a cumulative effect. How they connect together, turns out, is how our cells link together, and not only that, this particular method doesn't exist anywhere outside the animal kingdom. Now in the sponge, they create a circular tower, and they can really improve their flow of nutrients. Also, as they're close together, they can improve their sexual reproduction rate if they emit sperm and eggs at the same time throughout the colony. For that coordination, and for probably many reasons, they needed to learn to communicate, and they did. And the intracellular communication between them is mostly the same as the intracellular communication inside our bodies. Given that nerve cells are whole cells, and these are whole single cells, they cannot communicate electrically. 
so they communicate chemically. Chemical communication is as old as the animal, as it is part of what makes the animal. When you eat, you physically fill your stomach, and the nerves in your body tell you that you can feel something there, like a lump in your body, but you don't actually feel full until the chemicals arrive in your brain. The linking, chemical communication, and the ability to spawn specialist cells, the first being the egg and the sperm, gives us the tools to begin multicellular life. You can readily imagine another specialist cell dividing out and being held onto. A separate animal, but dependent on the first, which is dependent on it. A self-symbiont, if you like. And we, to some degree, still operate that way. You are not a singular human. You are a collection of human parts. Now that sounds more morbid than I mean it, but it's why we can have cognitive dissonance. It's why, for one part of your body to be satisfied, you may not want or need another part of your body to be satisfied. You are a collection of demands with a hierarchy set by the strength of those demands. And the oldest traits are the strongest, as any old trait that wasn't has been lost. Know yourself. We should respect this first animal and stop calling it it. We can't call it her, as the cell which produces the egg also produces sperm. Equally, we can't call it him, as the reverse is true. The same cell that produces the sperm also produces the egg. And we can't just call it him anyway, as it's just boringly sexist. The coanoflagellate is a hermaphrodite. So the correct pronouns for the animal that we all come from are they, them. disconnected my good microphone and I can't be bothered to go get it so sorry if I sound like I'm in the cupboard okay let's see how much you like me 70 followers on Mastodon 3 subscribers on SoundCloud and no Patreons well I appreciate all of you thank you